I'm Sasha Ann Simon, sitting in for Kojo Namdi. Washington Mystics fans, you know this theme song. Swag surfing. It's a soundtrack to their exhilarating and sometimes strange past two years. Last year, the Mystics won the WNBA championship, but because of the pandemic, they didn't get their parade through Washington. This year, several Mystic stars aren't playing because of injuries or because they can't risk exposure to the coronavirus. The virus has forced WNBA players to train and compete in an isolated facility in Bradenton, Florida, in what's now known as the Wubble. Get it? It's a bubble, but it's the WNBA. Yeah. Joining us from the Wubble is Mystic Maisha Hines-Allen. She's having a breakout season, scoring 27 points in the opener. We're going to find out about life in the Wubble and the road to this pivotal moment in her career. And a reminder for adults, you are welcome to listen, but on Kojo for Kids, it's kid callers only. Maisha Hines-Allen, welcome to the program. Hello. I'm super excited to be here. Me too. I'm so good to talk. So happy to talk to you. Uh, with you, Maisha, I want to start from the beginning, though. Can you tell us about your childhood what was that like, and where did you grow up with your siblings? Okay, um, so I was actually born in Virginia, um, and then we moved out to Jersey, New Jersey. Um, and I have three older sisters and two younger brothers, um, family-oriented. Um, fun fact, two of my older sisters played uh, college basketball. Um, cool. Where did they play? They played basketball, sorry. Um, and my younger brother, uh, he plays for the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, plays football for them. So just a family of athletes, really. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Montclair is small town. Uh, everyone knows everyone, super diverse. So, um, you know, I'm super proud of where I came from. Awesome. And, and you mentioned your brother in football. You also tried football as a kid, but... Um... <laughs> Didn't didn't quite work out for you. Um, and and what I'm hearing though is that you know you know uh, your brother obviously dominates that sport. He plays with for the Jacksonville Jaguars, but you root for him. But you actually don't like football. Is that right? No, I do not like football at all. <laughs> so, uh, so what was your I... experience like as a kid trying to actually play that sport? Yes. Uh, so when I started, it was Pop Warner, like little kids, and it was our first game. And I played with my two young brothers, so we were on the same team. Um, it was first game, and I got tackled. I got hit hard. <laughs> and I was like, all right, I'm done with football. Do not like it. And then, like, ever since then, I just haven't been a, a big fan of football. So what do you – I'm so curious. What do you tell people when they ask you if you're a Jaguars fan? You gotta oh, have of course. I, I'll, <laughs> yeah, so I'll say I, I'm a, a Josh Allen fan. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. Because I really, I really do not watch football much. I just, you know, with my brothers playing, I'll watch that. But like, and then I'm tuned in only on the defensive side when he's in. So, um, yeah, not a big fan of football. <laughs> well, well, I'm glad he's 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 still got your support regardless. Um, so, Maisha, in the second round of the WNBA draft, you were the very respectable 19th pick overall. And we've actually seen the video of you when you found out that you were chosen by the Mystics. And everybody around you seems to be going nuts, and you just appear to be speechless. Tell me what was going through your mind at that time. A lot of different emotions. Um, so actually, at the time where like they announced my name in like that video, 
you can see me just like look down at my phone for a quick second and I'm like, wait, what just happened? Because someone texted me before, like a friend of mine texted me and it's like, oh, you just got picked up by Washington. And I'm like, wait, what are you talking about? Because it didn't <laughs> announce yet. And then I'm like, oh, so it was just a whirlwind of um, emotions, different emotions going through my mind. Because um, it's like a long, it's, a, it's your lifetime dream, you know, to play in the WNBA when you've been working so hard for it. So just to hear my name, see my name come across the that um, that board, I was just like, wow, like this is amazing. That's a huge moment for sure. Um, you were in Louisville when the draft happened, and you were watching it, you know, on the big screen with with friends and, and other people around you. But I heard your draft watch party was also a fundraiser. What, what were you raising money for? Yes. I was raising money for um, this wheelchair basketball team in Louisville that I worked closely with. Uh, my four years at Louisville, Miss um, BJ, who is in charge of um, that recreation center, Barrytown, um, you know, I I texted her or called her, and I was like, I think this would be, you know, a good idea, um, you know, to for have all our fans come, you know, have the team there, uh, and just raise money for for the uh, for the team. And we were able to raise over a thousand dollars, so they were able to get jerseys. All everyone in the wheelchair team was able to get jerseys. Uh, we were able to pay for uh, coaching certificates and their administ um, and their uh, fee for to play in the tournament. Oh, that's too. wonderful! We actually have our first caller on the line, Monet. She's twelve in Rockville. Hi, Monet. You're on the line. Hi. Hi, Monet. What's your question for Maisha? My question for Maisha is, um, during like all this sad time, you know, during COVID-19, how do you stay motivated playing basketball? Great question, Monet. Maisha? Yes, that was a great question. Um, yeah, it, I guess it goes back to, you know, being a, being a child and just knowing like this is what you work so hard for and you know why you fell in love with the game of basketball uh so i just kind of take it day by day because there are days where you know it it kind of is overwhelming uh just because just because of what's going on in the world today but you know just just taking it back to you know this is why i play this is why i love the game of basketball you know mm-hmm. just to be out there with my teammates um competing it, it's amazing if you're just tuning in, we are talking with Maisha Hines-Allen. She's a forward with the WNBA's Washington Mystics. Now, Maisha, the Mystics is stacked. You know, it's got some of the most dominant players in the league. So until recently, you haven't really had a lot of court time. But that changed this summer because uh, the team lost many of their starters. And, and so we're, we're actually getting the chance to see the versatility of your game, I would say. Um, the season opener, of course, you sport, scored 27 points, as I mentioned before, against the Indiana Fever. But tell us how you prepare yourself to take full advantage of this opportunity that you've been given. So like you mentioned, uh, my first two years, I, I didn't play a lot, um, but I was able to have great role models and great mentors in front of me playing and, you know, that always, you know, were helping me um, you know, learn the game more because going into the WNBA, it's, it's a completely different game from, you know, when you're growing up from college and from college. So um, I've had great, great role models and great mentors in front of me playing. So I kind of just use them and um, to the best of my ability, you mm-hmm. know, on and off the court, seeing the things that they do, um, how they carry themselves, how are they able to play? 
so I think for me, it was taking everything that I learned my first two years and applying it. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I think that that's really and it's, the... it's working. You know, you were soon after uh, that season opener I mentioned uh, named Eastern Conference Player of the Week. Congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. So as a as a mom, I, I can't not ask you this because I, I have two daughters. They're 12 and 13, and they've been playing basketball on and off for the past few years. Um, but my biggest challenge as their mom is just trying to teach them about being patient with the game and, and, and their skill level. I think everybody wants to be, you know, the, the, the star right off the bat. And, and sometimes yeah. they feel like if they're not the team's top athlete, it's time to give up. So I'm wondering from you, how, how do you keep your ego in check on the court? Uh, so I think also another big thing with this is making sure you don't have outside noise and just playing within yourself. Uh, because like you said, growing up, you want to be the best player. And once you just start going along and pushing along, you might not be the best player all the time. So what else can you contribute to your team? Uh, whether that be rebounding, you know, running the floor every single time. Um, you don't you don't have to score, you know, 20 points, 15 points every single game to be the best player. Some things just don't show up on that stat sheet. Um, so I think just staying motivated within yourself, um, not listening to outside noise big is a big part of that too. Mm-hmm. Great advice. We have an email here from Erin, she's 14 from D.C. Um, two questions for you, Maisha. The first one is, what's your advice for people who want to start playing basketball and don't know where to start? Um, oh, yes. Great question. So for me personally, I started playing basketball with this organization. It was called Learn and Play. Um, so basically, we learned the basics. It wasn't We didn't pick up a ball right away. Um, so I think jumping into basketball, learn the game first. Um, and I think, yeah, learn the game first. Cause that's where I started. And then it, it starts just to pick up, it starts to become easier. Uh, so if, yeah. you, if you know the, once you know the rules, right. It's, it's not it's just dribbling the ball you know the and shooting it. <laughs> Everyone wants to just pick up the ball and just shoot it. Right. And they think that, yeah, that's it. Uh, I think that's what happened with, with one of my two. That's why she ended up quitting after a year. Um, anyway, Aaron's second question was also, uh, if you weren't playing basketball, Maisha, what would you be doing? Oh man! I know, right? Uh, to be honest, yeah, that is hard. You've been an athlete for <laughs> um, so long. That's a tough one. I probably. really do not know. Yes, I've played basketball since second grade. So, oh wow! I kind I really do not know what I'd be doing. Um, maybe maybe a coach. <laughs> I'm sorry, Aaron. <laughs> uh, no worries, Maisha. WNBA players. You know, we talk a lot right now about this moment, COVID nineteen. That question we had earlier from Monet touched on COVID nineteen, but there's also um, this racial reckoning, uh, if you will, that's happening right now. You know, and and WNBA players have been on the front lines of the Black Lives Matter movement. For instance, your team actually wears Breonna Taylor's name on your uniforms. Can you tell me why it's important to you to take a strong stand against racism on the court? Yes, because um, this is my profession. This is my platform, and I feel like this is the best way, you know, other than my social media and, you know, whether it's just talking to people. This is a, this is a big way where I can express my feelings and show that I am in support of, you know, Black Lives Matter. I am a Black lady, uh, so... To be able to use my platform and, and just show show light on 
what's going on in the world. It, it's it's really big for me. Have you participated in any protests? Yes. So um, the Mystics, alongside the um, the Wizards, we we marched from uh, Capital One Center to um, MLK uh, Monument in D.C. Uh, a while back just to, you know, spread mm-hmm. light. And we had our fans come out and march with us too, which was which was really big because um, we didn't know what was going to be the turnout. But at the end of the day, we were there to, to, you know, be together and show our support. Let's take another call. We've got Sean on the line. He's 12 years old and calling us from Tacoma Park, Maryland. Hi, Sean. Hi. Um, do you have any childhood friends playing in the WNBA? Oh, good question, Sean. Thanks for calling. Yes. Um, I, good question, Sean. <laughs> I do not have childhood friends playing in the WNBA, but I do have players, I mean, uh, yeah, players that, that I played against in high school playing in the WNBA. Wait, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Sean. I take that back. <laughs> sorry, Jocelyn Willoughby. I played with Jocelyn Willoughby. She plays for the... Um, the Liberty today, New York Liberty. She just got drafted, uh, first round. Nice. Uh, I played with Jocelyn Willoughby. So um, won, I don't know how many championships with her. Actually, um, we started off in learn and play, and we played PAL together, uh, which would, stands for um, Police Athletic League. And we won so many championships together. I am so sorry, <laughs> but yes, I do have a childhood. No worries, she forgives you. <laughs> but. <Yeah. laughs> So I'm curious. So you're down there in, in Bradenton. You're training and you're playing in this wobble. Um, what is that like to live and play there? Oh, it's different. Um, I, I learned one thing. I think uh, biggest thing I learned. I don't. I do not think I will move to Florida. Um, <laughs> so these, that's it. This just killed the whole Florida it. vibe for you. <laughs> well, yes, well, technically you're inside. You're inside though. You're not really uh, getting the. We got We have to go outside. <laughs> That's what I thought. That's what I thought. I was inside. I didn't. I wasn't gonna get a tan. I wasn't gonna get um, ate up by these bugs. But no, nope, still doing it. Um, yeah, no. These these bugs are a killer. <laughs> this this heat is a killer. Uh, so what about the lizards? I hear there's some lizards <laughs> uh, hanging around. What's the deal there? Yes. Oh, there's so many lizards in Florida and where we stay. My teammate, so I live in a villa here with um, Emma Mieseman and Ariel Atkins. And Emma loves, like, wildlife, and she loves playing with the lizards, and she'll bring them inside and, like, put it in DNA's <laughs> face. Oh, my and, gosh. Like, chase us around with it. And so Emma loves wildlife. And, wow. Well, that oh sounds like gosh. <laughs> so uh, Not really for me. <laughs> No, I would be, I would, I would absolutely be terrified. So I, I totally feel you on that one. Um, but tell me what, um, thinking broadly, what, what safety measures are, are, is the league taking down there to, to make sure that you guys are in, in the staff um, avoid getting the virus, which is the reason you're in this wobble in the first place. Yes. So they're doing a great job actually um, with protocols. Um, when we first got here, they gave us thermometers. So everyone has their own thermometer. When we wake up, we have to take our temperatures and put it in this app that, um, you know, get sent to the doctors. Uh, and then we have testing every single day, which again, they'll take our temperature and we have nasal swab and throat swab. So they're doing two tests um, to check for COVID. And then again, we'll have our temperature checked again when we go to the gym. So 
temperatures three times a day, and then we get two um, COVID tests. Okay. So okay. they're doing a great job with making sure um, um, no one's catching COVID or Thing if comes you have in. symptoms, you know, staying away. Yeah. And you weren't, they're doing such a good job. They're actually, you know, blocking out who can come in. And so you weren't allowed to bring someone very important to you, actually, no. not a someone, uh, who's Ace <laughs> and who's taking care of him right now? Ace, I'll first say he's my son, but <laughs> he's a dog. He's Aww. a Dotson Terrier mix. I love him so much. He's right, right now he's with my sister, um, in Maryland, uh, miss him so much. Aww. Just called him yesterday. <laughs> you called him. <laughs> That's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get another call in for you, Maisha. This is Isabel. Hi, Isabel. Hi. Um, I'm just wondering how you and other players stay involved in activism and social justice while you're playing in the Wubble. Thanks for your question, Isabel. So you're in you're in the Wubble now, and so you you mentioned earlier, Maisha, some of the. Um, the efforts that your team made. I know now you've got Brianna Taylor's name on your jersey. Anything else? Yes. Um, so every game, before every game, we are honoring a black woman or lady um, who's been killed by um, by the hands of police. Uh, so that's another another way we are, you know, it's, it's showing our support and. Uh, with that uh so we do that as well as we wear different t-shirts to our games just to you know if you pictures we'll post on on instagram or our social media platforms just to get it out there you know about about young ladies or or women who have died by the hands of police brutality if you're just tuning in, we're talking with Maisha Hines-Allen. She's a forward with the WNBA's Washington Mystics, living out there in Bradenton, Florida right now for season uh, for this season, um, playing in the Wubble. Um, but Maisha, you know, the Mystics started off, you know, with three decisive wins, then four losses. What's going on with this roller coaster beginning, and how are, how are you handling it all? Yeah, um, so the game of basketball ups and downs so right now it's just it's a downhill right now but again we just have to pick it up we know what we have to do um and it's different you know playing in in the wobble <laughs> so uh i think just keeping our spirits up uh, taking care of our bodies um and just being prepared for this next game uh we can't change or we can't fix we can't change what what's happened in you know our previous games so we just have to, you know, move on and, and try to grow as a team. Um, I think everyone's spirits are up right now, too. So it's nothing we should be, you know, too panicked about right now. Because like I said before, the game is about ups and downs. Yeah. So we're just moving forward, waiting for our next game. Got to be adaptable. After the Mystics won the championship last year, you know, you guys were supposed to get a massive parade through D.C., uh, tell us, you know, why that didn't happen. And of course, if there are plans to reschedule it. Yeah. So super bummed about that. I was, I was ready for uh, the parade. You see, yeah. see the other teams, you know, professional teams who have won the championship have their parade and it looks so cool. <laughs> right. So I was like, champagne oh, so everywhere. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm so happy for that. But, um, COVID hit, so we were unable to do it. Uh, but I, I'm pretty sure that we will get it done um, and have a parade. I do not know when it's going to happen, but um, 
I definitely know we'll probably have a parade or, or something along those lines. Important question for you, Maisha. You know, thinking of, you know, equity here, you know, WNBA players only make a fraction of what NBA players make, right? And they don't get treated as much like celebrities. So what do you think that it's going to take for things to be more equitable for women in pro basketball? Oh, good question. Um, more exposure. Mm. Um, once we are able to to show ourselves, show who, who we are on the court and off the court, because on the court, we are playing basketball. We are playing good basketball, you know, and, and again, you have your your people who, oh, well, they can't dunk. They can't do what the men do. We're all still playing basketball. We are still putting the ball in the hoop. So mm-hmm. just because we can't dunk it or everyone on the team cannot dunk the ball does not mean we still cannot get the ball in the hoop. So um, I think more exposure once once people see, you know, just watch a game. That that I think my biggest thing with this is just watch a game because a lot of people who say, oh, they can't do this, they can't do that, haven't even watched a full game of basketball yet. So you can't downplay a sport if you never even watched it, never even gave it a chance. Um, yeah. So I think just more exposure. Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, and I, I can agree with that. It, I've had conversations, you know, among my circle as well. And it's like, have you actually turned on a game? Okay, right. <laughs> um, but, you know, you, Maisha, you're 25 years old. You've got so much uh, ahead of you, a super long career in pro basketball, I'm sure. Have you ever thought about what's next? What are you going to do after your pro days are over? Uh, I have not. <laughs> I have not. Um I still have some time with basketball. So I think in the next coming years, though, I will have to like realize like, all right, basketball isn't going to the ball is not going to bounce forever. So um, you might want to start thinking about what you want to do. But right now I'm I'm dialed into basketball and looking at how long I can play for. Dialed in in, in the wobble and, and in your downtime, listening to any good music? I do. Well, I think it's good music to me. <laughs> uh, so I listen to, I love throwback R&B. Um, nice. I love Fantasia, Jennifer Hudson. So that's kind of like the vibe I go with most of the time. Uh, but until like I get to the gym, once I get to the gym, <laughs> then it's like, all right, upbeat music, um, hip hop. But if I'm just hanging out, then I'm listening to like throwback music. Nice. Well, we wish you the best of luck for the rest of this season. Maisha Hines-Allen is a forward with the WNBA's Washington Mystics. Maisha, thank you. Thank you. Coach of for Kids with the Mystics, Maisha Hines-Allen was produced by Lauren Marco. And our conversation about Virginia's election plans in light of the pandemic was produced by Richard Cunningham. Coming up tomorrow on the Kojo Namdi Show, because of the pandemic, the deadline for the 2020 census was moved from the end of July to the end of October. But now the Census Bureau has said collection efforts will stop on September 30th, one month early. So what will this mean? We'll talk about that tomorrow on the Kojo Namdi Show. See you then. Kojo Namdi Show is produced by Julie Deppenbrock, Sydney Granin, Lauren Marco, Kurt Gardner, and Richard Cunningham. Our managing producer is Inga Lisa Schrobsdorf. Our engineers are Mike Kidd and Rashad Young. For past shows and more content, visit kojoshow.org.
This time on Dish City, 18th Street Lounge is one of the many businesses forced to close down because of the pandemic. But regulars of the late DC nightclub say they'll cherish the memories they made there. During those times when like I didn't have a person to go call up in town to go do something, you know, I knew I could go there and feel like I wasn't alone. On Dish City, how one club changed the course of DC nightlife history. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.